welcome to the Flow Equestrian Podcast, where we talk about all things wellness for equestrian athletes. I'm your host, Jamie Graham, and I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to the first episode of the Flow Equestrian Podcast, the wellness podcast for equestrian athletes. My name is Jamie, and I am the founder of Hay Bells and Barbells, a fitness for equestrians company that helps riders all over the world get stronger in and out of the saddle. So the reason why I wanted to start a podcast with a focus on wellness is because in my opinion, I think that the equestrian world lacks a space where we talk about mental and physical health of us riders. Um, We focus so much on taking care of our horses. We focus so much on, you know, our physical, the physical wellness of our horses that sometimes we lack the ability and knowledge and skills, I guess, to, you know, take care of ourselves. Um, this is just something that I've noticed since being in the horse world for horse world for so many years, especially since I started my, my fitness business. It's almost been three years now that I've started Hay Bells and Barbells. And more and more, I, I have noticed that we don't really talk about emotional wellness. We don't really talk about our physical wellness. And we don't really talk about how our mindset is so important for us um, in and out of the saddle. So I, I, it's been on my heart to start this podcast. I've just really wanted to share, you know, my wellness tips and tricks, um, invite guests onto this podcast to, you know, consult them about their opinions. I want to share my wellness, favorite wellness products on this podcast and just have a space where I can share um, some mindsets, some positive affirmations, um, and a space where I can hopefully educate So a little bit about myself. I was born in Hong Kong in 1993. I moved to Vancouver, Canada when I was, I think, two or three months old. I don't really remember. Um, (laughs) I started riding when I was 10 years old. So I started actually in Hong Kong because my family moved back for my dad's business when I was eight or nine. Um... So I started riding in Hong Kong when I was 10. Uh, I learned how to ride at the Hong Kong Jockey Club riding schools. So growing up, we, we rode X race horses. I, well, as I got older, I, we, I rode a lot of X race horses, but started off with, with ponies. Um, to begin with, I we did hunter jumpers. Well, technically jumpers because there was no hunters in Hong Kong. So, I mean, growing up, I wanted to jump as high as I possibly could. But now, I'm like, mm, I don't want my horse's feet to leave the ground. <laughs> as I got older, I realized that jumping was not something that I desired anymore. For some reason, it just seemed so scary to me all of a sudden. I remember, I think it was when I was probably in my early 20s. That's when the fear really set into my head for some reason. I would pull the reins every time I would see a jump. And uh, I 
just have never been able to overcome it. But luckily I found passion and love and joy in dressage. So that's what I've been doing for a few years now. Um, so growing up, I never owned a horse. I just took lessons for from when I was 10 to 18 and then stopped for a little bit because of college. Um, managed to actually ride a little bit during grad school. I So I did grad school in Texas at Texas State University. I got my master's degree in recreation therapy. And I remember taking lessons. So I did hunter jumper lessons out in Wickenburg, not Wickenburg. Um, crap, honestly, I don't even remember the name. Somewhere in the middle of Texas. <laughs> Sorry, Wickenburg's in, in Arizona, which I am currently in now. Somewhere in, somewhere in the middle of Texas. So I took hunter jumper lessons there just for a little bit. Um, didn't do anything crazy. Um, and then when I moved out to Arizona, that's when I started riding regularly again because I started working at therapy places, like horse riding therapy places. So I got to school horses. I got to ride them every day. Um, eventually, um, I taught beginner lessons for a hunter jumper barn. So I was able to ride their horses every day and school them as well. So, so I took a little break from 18 to 24 ish, um, and have not stopped riding ever since. I would say that I was privileged in the sense that I was able, my family was able to afford lessons growing up, but you know, not until the, not to the point where I was able to afford, well, my family was able to afford uh, my own horse or anything like that. So honestly, I, when I drive to the barn every day, still, I am so full of gratitude because I still can't believe that this is my life. I still can't believe that I actually own a horse. I am able to compete regularly. I, so we just, um, we just did a show last weekend in Tucson, Arizona, and I was, it was a two hour drive there from Phoenix. And when I was driving there, I was literally thinking to myself that I am just so grateful to just to be here. I remember the first show I did last year. Um, after the show, I just, I broke down and I started crying because never in a million years would I have imagined that I was, I would be able to do this. Uh, it's still a, such a dream come true for me. And I, I don't take a single second of this for granted. I'm just so grateful to have this life that I have right now and, you know, and have a voice to, to share with other equestrians about not only about wellness, not only about fitness and for, for the equestrians out there, for the younger, younger equestrians out there that are struggling, you know, I, I want to inspire them and say, Hey, like I, if I can do it, you can too, because I've been, I've been 
I've been riding other people's horses for years. You know, I've been getting catch rides here and there. I've knocked on people's doors to ask them to let me ride their horses. I've emailed millions of, of trainers asking if I can come and, you know, learn from them. I've worked really hard in and out of the horse world to be able to to be where I am today. And I just really want to inspire the younger generation that if you really put your mind to it, if you really are passionate about horses, it will work for you and you can achieve it. I know it sounds really cliche and these things always sound cliche, <laughs> but it, but it is true. If you, whatever you set your mind to, you can do it because if something is ingrained in your brain, if there is a thought in your brain that occupies a space in your mind and it is constant, it, it reoccurs and it, it reminds you daily Don't disrespect that voice. That voice is there in your head for a reason. That voice is passion. And if you keep thinking about it, that means that it's important to you. And that means that it's special to you. And it means that you should not give up under any, any circumstances. I know I went off on a little tangent there, but I am just really passionate about, you know, inspiring the the younger generations of equestrians because this sport is hard. It's 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 tough on you financially, it's tough on you emotionally, physically, mentally. But at the end of the day, it's worth it. And it's why we do what we do. It gives our life it gives our life purpose. And it provides us with so much joy. So hold on to your dreams and know that you are capable of doing anything you set your mind to. So before I went on that tangent, <laughs> I was letting you guys know a little bit about me. Um, where, where, where was I? I don't even remember. Oh, I think I left off at grad school. So after grad school, I moved to Arizona um, because my then boyfriend, my now husband, he was in Arizona. So I moved here. I did my internship here. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to be able to be hired on um, as a recreation therapist, an equine assisted recreation therapist at a local um, therapeutic riding program here. So I used to volunteer for therapeutic writing programs when I was in grad school, and I just absolutely fell in love with the population that I was working with and just being able to see the healing impacts of, of horses. I was thrilled to be able to work at that facility, and I was there for, I think, almost a year before I moved on to another therapy, uh, another therapeutic writing program out here in Phoenix. And I learned so much from both these places. Um, 
I was very fortunate to be able to work with horses full time. So even though at that time I didn't have my own horse, I was still with horses every day. I was still learning about horse care and, you know, just the, the, the different aspects of, of the industry. Um, I was able to immerse myself in, you know, even though I wasn't earning much, um, I was blessed to be able to, you know, be around horses every day and, and still be able um, to ride them. So, so during the years that I spent not riding, um, I got into fitness because my, again, then boyfriend, now husband, <laughs> he, he got, he was, um, he used to be a student athlete. He used to be a football player at um, UCLA and he really got me into fitness and working out and, and stuff like that. So I started, I started lifting. I started working out when I was 20 years old and immediately fell in love with it. Um, in the beginning, it was more because of the aesthetic standpoint, because of, you know, I want to look this way. I want to be a certain weight. Um, you know, I want to, it was, the the reason why I started fitness, pursuing fitness, was not quote unquote healthy, and it it took me a long time. It did. It took me a long time to change that mentality, change that mindset. If you've known me, if you've followed me throughout the years on my on my Instagram page, you will know that I used to struggle with eating disorders. Um, I had terrible body image, had no self-esteem, and no no confidence in myself whatsoever. I used to think that, you know, fitting into the smallest size of jeans was the biggest accomplishment, or not eating over a meal a day was the biggest accomplishment for the, for the day for me. And that's a that's an issue that a lot of, unfortunately, young girls face nowadays, even more so than when I was younger. When I was younger, I my family would always pick on me because, as an Asian girl, I have a pretty thick bone structure and big calves and bigger thighs, and that was just not welcome, and that was not normal in, you know, the Asian community. And I always got made fun of growing up. And I know, now I know as, a, as an adult that they didn't mean anything by it. But it really affected me growing up. And I believe that that's one of the reasons why I started having eating disorders as a teenager and body image issues as a teenager and didn't really understand or learn how to love myself and love my body until I was in my mid to late 20s. So I used fitness, I used exercise as as a crutch kind of. It I was obsessive over exercising. 
um, I didn't really have the 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 knowledge of, you know, what I was doing at the gym. I just knew I wanted to be quote unquote skinny. I wanted to be the smallest. Um, I wanted people to look at me and say, oh my gosh, you're so fit. You're so small. You look so good. And outwardly, that made me feel good. But I was at the lowest point of my life when I was obsessing over the gym, obsessing over every calorie that I would intake, not living a balanced lifestyle, not taking care of my mental health, and really not taking care of my physical health either. I would wonder why I would always have headaches and, you know, my my period would be stopped for six months. Um, I was just not in the healthiest state, even though I thought I was because I was going to the gym every day, eating healthy, you know, eating greens all the time. Um, So that took me, it took me a long time. It took me a long, long time to get out of that mindset Um, it took me a long time to change my view on fitness. And that is why, one of the reasons why I started my business in the first place, because I am, I've been there and I've done that. And it was not a sustainable, enjoyable, or happy life that I had when I was obsessive over my body image and wanting to look like the fitness influencers or models on on Instagram. So that's why I put a lot of emphasis on my business. I don't I don't um, advertise weight loss. I've never advertised weight loss. I don't focus on what you look on the outside. Um, I don't do, you know, get a beach body in, in two weeks or get shredded abs in, you know, in, in three months. I don't do programs like that. My programs are solely focused on becoming a stronger rider in and out of the saddle, a stronger, more balanced, more confident rider in and out of the saddle. I don't care about the number on the scale because that it's it's arbitrary and it doesn't really mean anything because every body shape is different. Everybody carries their weight differently. I don't believe that the this the number on the scale really tells you anything and even the BMI that doctors use still to this day is flawed because it doesn't factor in your ethnicity. It doesn't factor in your bone density. It doesn't factor in, you know, it doesn't factor in any any of those things. And it only takes into account your weight and your height. So the way I approach fitness is how you feel on the inside. How, how do you feel after you've ran a mile? How do you feel after you've 
deadlifted 250? How do you feel after you've taken this walk? How do you feel on the inside? When clients work with me, I never ask about, you know, how much weight did they lose after six weeks of my program? And, but it, it, instead, I ask, how do you feel in the saddle? How have you, how have you felt the change in your balance while you're going over a jump? Or do you feel like your sitting trot has improved? Do you feel like you can sit the canter better after 12 weeks of programming with me? Those are the things I focus on and nothing, I don't focus on anything that relates to, I also don't mention um, things about food or diet because it is a very, very sensitive topic. And as someone who's had eating disorders, you know, food is, is a highly sensitive topic that I, I'm, I'm not educated enough to, to provide answers for, and it's definitely out of my scope of practice. So the way I conduct my business is I don't talk about food. Um, I don't talk about weight. I don't talk about how you look on the outside. All I solely focus is if you're stronger, if you feel stronger, on the inside, if your mood levels have changed, if you feel more confident in your riding, if you feel like you can lift, you know, your green bag easier. Um, so that's what I, my company focuses on. But the reason, another reason why I wanted to start this podcast, um, or just this platform is, because wellness is just such a wellness for equestrians, especially is I feel like a topic that we don't really pay enough attention to. Um, we're so focused on taking care of our horses, which is great, which is amazing. But if we don't focus on taking care of ourselves as individuals, how are we supposed to take care of our horses to the best of our abilities? Um, I've been doing a lot of mindset work the past year just because I am not a naturally confident person. Um, I'm actually a naturally pessimistic person, believe it or not. And it really took a long time of rewiring my brain and relearning a lot of the things that I was taught as a kid to be able to have the mindset that I have today and be able to talk myself out of situations and to be able to be confident. Because I don't have, some people have innate irrational confidence and that's just not me. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people who are like me that don't have that innate confidence. Um, so that's why I just wanted to have this space where I could share my mindset tips and wellness tips um, just 
to be able to share with you guys, you know, some of my favorite self-care items, um, my favorite affirmations that I that I tell myself, and just how to be a balanced mentally, men- mentally and physically writer. Because when you have a sound mind, when you have a sound body, your horse will also be sound. And that's a mantra that I go by. And I've been, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. That phrase, sound mind, sound body, sound horse. Because it is a partnership. I don't believe that, you know, even if your horse is sound, even though your horse is great, if you yourself are not physically or mentally sound, it's really hard for you to form a partnership with your horse. And it's really hard for you to become the best rider that you can be for your horse. Because when you're on your horse, you want to be able to block out everything. All the distractions, all the, you know, external distractions from your everyday life, you want to be able to block out. You want to be able to focus on you and your horse and your ride. And it's really, really hard for you to do that if your body and your mind is not sound. So this wellness podcast is basically, you know, just me sharing my um, my favorite wellness tips, um, my favorite wellness products, and also obviously fitness tips and fitness tips and tricks as well. So this is the first episode. This is well, this is just um, an introduction episode, introductory episode to this new Flow Equestrian Wellness Podcast. If you have any suggestions, if you have any um, episode suggestions or things that you want me to talk about, please feel free to email me or DM me on Instagram. All right, that's it for me for now. I'll talk to you guys next time.